Hi, this is Alana Terry. Welcome to Season 5 of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast, bringing you some full and complete and unabridged Christian fiction audiobooks to keep you encouraged and inspired. This season's audiobook is called What Dreams May Come and is narrated by Pamela Lawrence, written by me, Alana Terry, and sponsored by our COVID-19 fundraiser. So what we're doing is taking some of my ebook novels and I've bundled them up as a pay what you can product with a portion of all royalties going to support local relief efforts for COVID-19. If you want to be involved in this fundraiser, it's going to be for a limited time. You can check it out at alanaterry.com novels. And now enjoy today's episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Chapter 14 Scott did his best to engage in the conversation around Carl and Sandy's table, but his mind kept snapping back to Susanna, like the magnetic pull of a compass momentarily shaken off balance. Like the victim of some animistic curse, he was destined to relive that last phone call of theirs with perfect clarity. We can never be together. Five words. So final spoken with such tenderness, a tenderness that made the truth of her statement even harder to endure. Never be together. He'd tried to change her mind. Don't say that. Give yourself time to grieve. Let me walk through the morning with you. I can't, she whispered, as if her soul was terrified of him, afraid of the attraction they'd felt for one another, from so early on in their relationship. What was she scared of? Did she think he possessed the ability to hurt her? This is about Kitty, isn't it? He tried not to sound angry. Whenever he replayed the conversation, he chided himself for letting his passion get in the way of his clear thinking. Rational. He should have been rational. I made my mom a promise. This wasn't happening. After ten years serving God overseas, he'd finally found a woman he wanted to call his wife. Finally found a woman who wasn't just willing but excited to travel the world with him, sharing the gospel, advancing the kingdom of God. They'd taken things slowly. At least it had felt slow to him. They'd prayed. Scott had humbled himself before Pastor Carl to ask for his advice, and Susanna had kept her mom filled in about their relationship from its earliest stages. It wasn't like they were sneaking around behind anyone's back or acting shamefully. All they wanted to do was serve the Lord together. How could God ask them to give that up? She needs me. Susanna's voice was heavy with both sadness and conviction. She was such a demure, quiet-natured soul, but there were two things always guaranteed to stir up her passion, her zeal for world missions and her devotion to her sister. Scott had heard so much about Kitty, it was like he had already met her, knew her smile, understood the basic signs she used to communicate, 
could probably talk with a doctor or nurse and fill them in on the basics of Kitty's medical history. From her preterm delivery when Susanna was only a toddler, to the medical tests that eventually led to the diagnosis. Scott had only known one other person with cerebral palsy. In sixth grade, one of his electives was as a volunteer buddy for another student. Zach had been in a wheelchair for as long as Scott could remember. Had been nonverbal that whole time, too. But he loved to laugh and listen to people talk about sports. For an entire semester, Scott's job was to spend 45 minutes every day after lunch playing in the gym with Zach, placing the ball in his rigid hands and then shooting it toward the basket, congratulating him every time the ball came close to the rim. He'd actually thought about Zach quite a bit last fall, when he was still planning to visit Susanna and meet her family. He wanted to make sure he included Kitty in his discussions. It was a pet peeve of Susanna's when people ignored her sister, or talked about her as if she weren't there. But he also didn't want to overdo it, make it look like he was trying too hard. Turned out, he didn't need to worry about any of that, since Susanna was purging him out of her life. I told my mom that when she died, I'd take care of Kitty. Let me move out there. We'll take care of her together. What else could he say? Even as he'd pleaded with her on the phone, he'd held the tiny ring in his hand, the ring he'd expected to give her when he flew out to Washington. I would never ask you to do that. Her voice was a mixture of shock and pain, as if he'd slapped her and then laughed in her face. You don't have to ask. I'm volunteering. Even as he said the words, he was trying to figure out how feasible it would be for him to continue working for Kingdom Builders from Washington. Just about every aspect of his job could theoretically be done remotely. The three-hour time difference would be the biggest complication. But Scott would rather learn to forego sleep altogether than rip Susanna out of his heart. God's called you to the mission field, she reminded him and I can't go there with you. We'll make it work. Did she have any idea that he'd already bought her an engagement ring? Did she know that all the traveling in the world couldn't compare to life with her? I don't want to be a stumbling block to you. I don't want to keep you from your calling. But what about your calling? He heard the intensity in his voice and tried to soften it. What about your heart for mission work? Her voice was steady and resolute. It's a matter of priorities. If someone does not provide for his own family, he has denied the faith and is worse than the unbeliever. You don't have to quote scripture to me. Now he really was angry. Not at her, but at the situation. At her mom for dying at God for bringing them together just to split them apart, at himself for not having found a way to make it to Washington sooner. I'm sorry, Scott. The words were so soft he could hardly hear them. Please don't do this. He hated to sound so whiny, 
like a toddler throwing a fit because he didn't get his way. Please, you don't understand how much I need you. I know you're trying to protect your heart here, and I respect that. I really do. But I love you. You don't have to say it back to me. You don't have to do anything except listen. But I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. He glanced at the ring that looked so delicate between his thumb and finger. A few weeks ago, I went out and bought you a... He stopped himself. Should he tell her? Would it just make matters worse? The words fell off his lips, carried on by inertia and no actual force of their own. I bought you a ring. She didn't reply. He wondered if she understood the gravity of what he'd just spoken. I want you to be my wife. Silence. He checked his cell to make sure he hadn't gotten disconnected. Do you need more time to think about it? He finally asked. Still no response. He sighed. Just pray about it. And you can give me your answer later, all right? I know your sister needs you, and I would never ask you to turn your back on her. But I know that God's brought us together. The more I pray about it, the more convinced I am. We'll find a way to make it work. I know we will. Just please pray about it. Okay, she promised. I will. It was the last time he heard her voice. Chapter 15 Susanna fidgeted with the strap of her purse. She had to get home. Kitty was supposed to eat her lunch at noon sharp, any later, and she wouldn't tolerate her three o'clock snack. It was nice of Derek to watch Kitty Sunday mornings, but Susanna couldn't depend indefinitely on her stepdad's generosity. Derek had only been part of the family for a few months. He liked Kitty, or at least that's what he told Susanna's mom, but he wasn't invested like Susanna was. For Derek, Kitty was part of the package if he wanted to marry her mom. For Susanna, her sister was now her calling, her ministry, Susanna's mission field, which she had at one point imagined to be the entire world, was now confined to a 10 by 15 bedroom. The only thing I don't understand, God, is why you gave me all those desires to become a missionary if you weren't ever going to open those doors for me. It wasn't like the global church was overrun by young men and women begging to be sent out to the mission field. When Susanna was so willing, why would God bar the way? Please forgive me for my lack of faith. Help me to focus on all the good things you've done in my life, all the ways you've provided for me. Her mom's small life insurance plus Kitty's regular disability payments were enough so Susanna could move out of Derek's house and back into her mom's old place, which hadn't even been rented out yet. Susanna quit her job at Winter Grove and committed herself to caring for Kitty full-time. 
her stepdad stopped by for a few hours Sunday mornings so she could go to church, and he dropped off groceries once a week. But when you've only been married for a few months before your wife dies, how long can you be expected to stay involved in the life of her disabled adult daughter? Derek was a nice guy. Susanna had no complaints about him, but she knew that he wouldn't stick around forever. He was healthy, good-looking, stable, and eventually he would move on with his life. She couldn't begrudge him that, but she couldn't count on him indefinitely either. For all practical purposes, it was just her and her sister. It had been hard to break up with Scott, or whatever you want to call what she did when she wrote him that last email. She knew she'd hurt him, but what other choice was there? Scott would have given up anything for her. She realized that, as soon as he mentioned moving to Washington, she wouldn't be responsible for making him drop out of his missionary work. She wouldn't put that kind of obstacle in his way. When he told her about the ring, said that he was ready to propose to her, she'd faltered, but only for a second. The instant her mom died, any future Susanna and Scott may have tried to make for themselves became an impossibility. An impossibility because Susanna could never leave her sister's side. She felt guilty enough for taking two hours off every Sunday so she could go to church. She could never leave the country or travel around the world. She could never leave Orchard Grove. Any scenario that Scott might suggest and he dreamed up quite a few before she said goodbye, would have been just as unattainable. What if they got together? What if they were married? Would Scott keep his job and travel the world while Susanna stayed home with Kitty? What kind of wife could she be to him? And even worse, what if he gave up his mission work? What if he decided to move to Orchard Grove, settle down, and play house with Susanna and Kitty. Then Susanna would be responsible before God for distracting a capable, willing missionary from his calling. She couldn't. She wouldn't. God, I sacrificed him to you, and I'm trying hard to remember that you are enough for me. But I miss him so much. My spirit is willing but my flesh is so weak. Please send me a little bit of encouragement today. She glanced up at Grandma Lucy and their eyes met. An electric jolt zapped Susanna's heart. What God has opened, no man will shut. Grandma Lucy didn't take her eyes off Susanna. What God has ordained, no plans will thwart. Do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? Power tugged at Susanna's spirit. Heavenness and warmth wrapped around her shoulders like a mantle. Conviction rose in her soul even as Grandma Lucy's voice increased in intensity. 
He is the God who finishes what he begins. He is the God who brings it to completion. He doesn't carry you to the moment of destiny and desert you there. He doesn't place a calling on your life and fail to bring it to pass. He will never abandon you or forsake you. Just like for the Israelites, it will be said of you that not one of all the Lord's good promises failed. Each and every one came to pass. The words were like a tailwind that could whisk Susanna up and carry her away, straight off to paradise, if she could hold on to them long enough. The warmth surrounding her turned into burning heat, the initial quickening in her spirit giving way to the undeniable presence of her glorious Savior. Wrapped in His grace, surrounded on all sides by His glory, her soul sang His praises even as her ears echoed with Grandma Lucy's words, Not one of all the Lord's good promises failed. Each and every one came to pass. After a few more words, Grandma Lucy handed Pastor Greg back the mic. But the presence of God continued to encase Susanna's entire being. Here was love. Here was power. The tears that streaked down her cheeks were just as hot as the burning passion and searing loss that invaded her soul. Thanks again for listening to the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. This has been What Dreams May Come by me, Alana Terry, narrated by Pamela Lawrence. This season of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is sponsored by our fundraiser for COVID-19 relief work, which you can find out about more when you go to alanaterry.com slash novels. This page will have a link to our fundraiser for as long as it runs. I hope and pray that you stay safe and healthy. I want to thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you real soon.